0: Hey there, I'm Krista, your host for the Birding Tools podcast. Each week, I'll delve into the wonderful world of birds for birding beginners and those wanting to get the lowdown on what goes into watching and identifying birds. Let's get started. First, I wanted to let you know that I have a free guide to learning all about bird identification. After going through this workbook, you'll know about the five keys to bird identification, size and shape, color and pattern, behavior, habitat and distribution, and sound. When you understand the main components of identifying a bird, you'll begin to feel more confident with your birding and identification skills. This process will not just help you with identifying birds by sight and sound easier, but it will also help deepen your connection with nature. To get this free guide, just visit the podcast show notes at birdingtools.com. This week on the Birding Tools podcast, I'm going to talk about why I love winter birding, how wintertime is a great time to hone your ID skills and how to seek out new birds during this time of year. I want to note to, or add a caveat, that when I'm talking about winter birding, I'm not necessarily talking about birding in the tropics or equatorial regions, specifically because birding in the tropics is so different than birding in higher latitudes in those respective hemispheres winter times. There are a lot of birds that head to the tropics for winter, as well as endemics that hang out year-round in the tropics, So for our purposes of discussion today, I'm referring more to the winter and higher latitudes. Of course, there's still a winter season in the tropics, but it doesn't look quite the same as in the colder latitudes. First, let's go over the reasons why winter is a great time of year to go birding. Well, for one, there are fewer crowds. This exception is maybe birding festival locations, and of course festivals are largely virtual this year. But otherwise, other places that you can go in wintertime for being in nature and birding aren't as busy as other times of year. And most of the time, people don't want to brave the elements to go out birding or being outside in the elements in general. If you're okay getting dressed up in your warm clothes and planning ahead of time to have the right gear with you to be comfortable when you're out birding, then wintertime is a great time to go out. Just as with any time of year, there are birds to see and enjoy. So it's totally not true that the birding season kind of stops after autumn migration. So, there's the lack of crowds, but there are also other birds you'll see in winter than you would see at other times of the year. Once birds have landed somewhere for winter, they're in that area after their migration period and at other times of year, you might not see some of those birds. Even a glance at one of the range maps for a particular species will show their summer, migration, and winter ranges. Those winter range spots mean there are only a few months out of the year that you could see that bird in those areas, and that's pretty neat. This is that seasonality aspect of bird identification and where you can find and see birds at different times of the year. I was just up at my local National Wildlife Refuge, and right now there's a ton of snow geese and other waterfowl that I got to see that I wouldn't see at other times of the year. If you're interested in increasing your life list numbers and challenging yourself to see birds that you may not have seen before, or even whole bird families that you haven't gotten to practice with or see as much at other times of the year, this is the time to get started. In the winter, there's also the opportunity to see large groups of birds. Again, I talked about snow geese and with many water birds, they're more colonial. So even during the breeding season, you'd see them in loosely formed groups anyway but for other bird species that would tend to be more territorial in nature during the breeding season, you can see them in droves and mixed flocks in the winter. And this is indicative of a lot of other species in wintertime where they can let their guard down and don't have to defend their territory, nest, and mate from other birds during the breeding season. And they can transfer that energy on foraging and finding roosting locations. In larger mixed flocks, they're better able to find food by communicating where food is and also where predators are located. Of course, hawks and eagles and other predatory bird species also don't stop trying to eat in wintertime, so for those birds that can be targeted, they can band together and avoid predation but it also makes for some really interesting bird behavior that you can see when the predators are trying to go after large flocks of birds. And this makes for a great chance when you see a mixed flock to identify the different birds within that flock and test your identification skills. So when I was out birding just the other day, I saw a whole bunch of blackbirds in one tree, and at first glance, they all looked like they were red-winged blackbirds. But after looking through the branches and scanning the different birds, I spotted a handful of yellow-headed blackbirds, which are actually quite uncommon where I'm located. So those mixed flocks really make it fun and interesting. It would be remiss of me not to mention some of the challenges that you'll face trying to bird in wintertime. One big difficulty of birding in winter is that things are just a lot quieter overall, and while birds are still making some chirps and calls, they're not usually singing or being especially boisterous. Granted, there are some birds that sing plenty in winter. I mean, I have a white-crowned sparrow that's been hanging out by my feeder and singing nearly every day, but white-crowned sparrows tend to also be particularly talkative. And keep in mind that singing is an adaptation that male birds use, mostly male birds anyway, to indicate territoriality, to find and defend their territory. They're not trying to find mates and defend their territory in winter, so they really aren't singing as much. That also means it's definitely harder to identify birds if you're trying to ID them by sound, and it's hard to find them if you're using their sounds as a way of finding out where they're located to get your binoculars on them. One really good example of how quiet things can get in wintertime is taking a listen to the various wintertime episodes on the Songbirding Podcast, which if you remember, Rob Porter, the host of the Songbirding Podcast, was on our podcast just a couple of weeks ago talking about the Christmas bird count. And if you listen to one of his springtime audio recordings compared to a wintertime one, you'll really hear the difference in how much more quiet habitats can be overall in wintertime. So at other times of the year, usually it would be easier to find birds by first hearing the sound that the bird is making and then seeking out the bird from there. Birds tend to be in the underbrush and trees and bushes flying overhead. So they aren't necessarily always right out in the open for you to just easily spot and see, and rather you hear their sounds to indicate where they're located. And even if you don't know the sound, you can head toward that sound to get your binoculars on it from there. In fact, most of the time you won't see them first. So that's where that extra challenge really comes in in wintertime because in winter they're chipping maybe and making some calls, but usually they aren't making as much noise as other times of the year. Other than birds that are in mixed flocks or water birds or shorebirds, there are some places where birds are more dispersed and are just a lot quieter, unless maybe they're by a feeder. But for the forests and prairies, for example, those habitats are super quiet in wintertime. And it doesn't mean that birds aren't there, but likely they're hunkering down and focusing on foraging, and also they're likely more dispersed and generally not as common as they would be in the springtime. But that also means that it's pretty fun when you do get to spot and see them. Also, when you're out birding in winter, birds won't just be more scarce or quiet, but their plumage also changes. As far as the keys to bird ID goes, when you recognize size and shape and incorporate that into your bird identification routine, that's going to be one of the critical things to keep in mind to learn in winter because size and shape doesn't change as the seasons change. But colors do and can change at various times of the year, for molting or when a bird is a juvenile or a first-year bird before they've reached adulthood, and for winter plumage that birds develop outside of the breeding season. If you're used to seeing the distinct markings on different birds, winter can make that really challenging. With birds like shorebirds especially, where it's already kind of a struggle to identify them during the breeding season, incorporating winter plumage into that makes it especially a struggle. So when you're birding and identifying birds in the winter, keep that in mind too, that color can be a little more challenging and somewhat deceiving. So when you're thinking about birding in winter, these are just some of the things to keep in mind. Now to find places to bird in winter time, you need to think about habitats that have resources for birds because birds are going to be flocking to wherever they can find food and shelter in winter. For finding birds in winter, look to your local wildlife refuge or even your backyard. Putting bird feeders in your yard or your local area in winter makes for a great way to get to know birds in your area because birds are looking for food anyway. When we're talking about the best place to go birding in winter, it's sort of a trick question because it kind of depends on what you want out of your birding experience. Do you want to see flocks of birds all in one place? Do you want to be in more solitude or find interesting birds that might just be kind of on their own like snowy owls? As birds are overwintering somewhere, backyards are great places because you're providing food when things might be more scarce and providing even water for those that might need it. Here in California, it hasn't really rained in weeks, even though it's December, so things are still dry even though wetlands have been flooded again. One of the best places to see birds in winter is to go to places that have wetlands or marshes because those are also habitats that have ample amounts of food and shelter resources for overwintering birds. These are also habitats where you'll see a ton of water birds and shorebirds. Shorelines are also great places to see birds in wintertime, and coming up soon, I'll be releasing an episode about watching, identifying, and counting shorebirds in winter, so stay tuned for that. But shorebirds flock together in droves to shores in winter and make for totally different viewing experience and counting experience than during the breeding season. And here's a tip. If you go into the eBird hotspot map, you can see what areas are around you to get a sense of the kinds of birds that people are seeing. Even reach out to your local birding group or Audubon Society about the best places to go birding. And I'll link to all of these websites in the show notes at birdingtools.com. And I've talked about this in our previous episode about connecting with other birders, but think about looking at birding pal. Even if you've lived in an area for a long time, and especially if you're just getting started with birding and you aren't sure of the best places to go birding, or you want to find other new places or hidden treasures, this is a great option. A membership to Birding Pal is only $10 a year. And by the way, I don't get anything for talking about them. I just think it's a great resource. And you can go out with someone who knows the best places to go birding in that area. You'll be able to see in the Pal's bio what their qualifications are and what their specialty is. Not every birding pal is going to have the skills you might be looking for, but there are a lot on there, so there's definitely someone on there that would be a good resource for you. There's also the Christmas Bird Count and the Great Backyard Bird Count in February and other counts that you can do in wintertime to get involved in your local birding community and get engaged and involved with birding in winter. There are really special aspects of birding in wintertime that you just don't get at other times of the year that makes it really fun. I'll post up some images from different locations where I've gone birding in wintertime in the show notes so that you can get a sense for the incredible birds and really the birding spectacles that you can see in wintertime. Bottom line, wintertime is a great time to go birding. You can still connect with and get involved with birding groups, and if anything, it's actually the best time to hone your birding skills and get more versed at understanding the birds around you, as well as how to ID birds and hone your birding technique, because let's face it, it's just less overwhelming in winter. When you're birding in springtime, there are a million birds singing outside, and it can be a lot to start learning birds around that time. It doesn't mean it's not fun, but if it's winter and you're wondering if you should get started with birding, I say start now. If you can start to hone in on those skills earlier when it's less bird crazy, you'll be setting yourself up for success before the spring even comes. That's another reason that winter birding is so great because you can get a head start at a more relaxed pace than at other times of the year. And remember that even though birds are going to be more quiet in wintertime, look for movement because unless you're in a place where leaves don't drop or in an evergreen forest, At other times of year, you'd be listening for bird sounds because those are what you'd be cluing into usually. But guess what? If you're in an area where leaves drop off the trees and the bushes, use your other senses for looking and listening for movement to find where they are. It will also be a lot easier to look for a movement when all the leaves have dropped. So this is something to consider that you'll be looking at something different than you would at other times of the year. So you're really keying in on skills that you wouldn't necessarily use as much at other times of the year and you're relying on them even more. This really allows you to enhance your skills in a different way and that's really valuable. And just as an example, I wanna tell you about my experience going to the Sacramento National Wildlife Refuge near where I live just you can kind of get a sense of what it looks like differently in the wintertime compared to other times of year. Throughout the rest of the year, the marshes that make up the refuge are largely dry, and while you'll find some waterfowl there, it's just not going to be as extensive as when they're completely flooded as they are now with literally thousands of snow geese, thousands of different kinds of waterfowl, and tons of other birds that are calling that refuge home at this time of year. And if you think about your birding goals and if you want to see a ton of birds at one time, this is a really special and cool experience and it's really easy to do if you go to a marsh or a wetland where birds are flocking together like this. So for example, snow geese tend to forage and roost in two separate locations and they'll do something called a fly off at sunrise and sunset. This is where all the birds get together in one place during the day to forage, and right at sunset, they'll all take off at once, and it's such a spectacle, it's amazing to watch. The same thing also happens at sunrise from their roosting location when the birds all take off to go to various foraging locations. And really, this only happens in wintertime. Oh, and for winter birding too, birds like starlings will do something called murmurations, where they all flock together in these incredible displays that just look like art in the air that also only happens in the wintertime. Primarily because the birds aren't breeding and they're flocking together, researchers think for avoiding predators, keeping warm, and enhancing communication. Truly, there are some wonderful things you can see and experience birding in winter that you just can't at other times of the year. So to recap, you'll get fewer crowds in winter and you'll see birds and other birding spectacles that you wouldn't at other times of the year. While birding in winter can be a challenge because birds are more quiet, more dispersed, and more cryptic in their colors, it's also totally worth getting outside and exploring at a different time of the year. Winter is the best time to really hone your birding and ID skills to prepare for the springtime. And think of birding in your backyard, at your feeders, heading to marshes, shorelines, or other areas with good resources for wintering birds. So there you have it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Birding Tools podcast, and I hope this material was helpful to you. To access information about the content I've mentioned in the show and the show notes, visit our website at birdingtools.com. Next week, I'll be joined by Gary Slater, avian ecologist and founder of Eco Studies Institute. We'll be diving even further into winter birding by talking about the Puget Sound shorebird count and other winter birding events. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get updates on the latest Birding Tools has to offer, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening now. See you next time!